Welcome to our evening service tonight. We're going to start with number 604. Invite you to take your hymnal, please. 604. We'll stand to sing, Who is on the Lord's side? Who will serve the King? And four, we're on the second verse. The words, not for weight of glory, not for crown and palm, enter we the army, raise the warrior psalm, but for love that claimeth lives for whom he died. He whom Jesus nameth must be on his side. Second verse.
Amen. Please be seated. And that is good praise unto the Lord uh, tonight. Let's still ourselves, please, before God now and ask for His hand, His blessing on our evening service. Our loving Father in heaven, we bow in Jesus' name tonight. And once more, Lord, as we come to the evening service, we pray for the help of the Holy Spirit in our praying, in our worship, the reading of the Word. And Father, as we open the Scriptures and look more deeply into its truth, praying, Father, for the Spirit of God to do that work in our own hearts, drawing us out, Lord, to follow, to run after our God with all our hearts, souls, minds, and strength. We will understand, Father, what it means to walk by faith and not by our sight. Help us to be true and faithful. Help us to be on the side of our God. How thankful we are for the redeeming grace that we have received so fully, so freely. Lord, we who are so unworthy, we've received the greatest of all blessings, the blessing of the forgiveness of sin, the blessing, O God, of knowing that we have a home in heaven. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we know that there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And dear God, I pray that tonight we would enter in with joy and thanksgiving and true praise from our hearts for all that we have received, every temporal blessing, Father, and they are multiplied to us. We, we cannot even count them. They are so great. Lord, we pray that each one of us will be given a double portion of the Spirit of God, that we will know our spirits stirred and lifted up. We will know an increase of our faith. There will be granted the power of the Holy Spirit to stand in our day, having done all to stand. And the Lord, we will realize that our equipment, our ability, our strength to stand is not in ourselves, but it is because, Lord, of Your grace and the infilling of the Spirit of God in our hearts. And so enable, equip, empower us. Lord, make us all, I pray, witnesses for Jesus. Help us to speak a word for the Master and use us, Lord, to lead sinners to Jesus. Praying for the outreach yesterday at that Highland Creek Festival. Bless every gospel tract that was distributed, the Word of God given out, that personal witness given by many. And Lord, bring in a harvest. We're thankful today for the visitors that have been in the service this morning and again tonight, and watching our service online. Father, may there be blessing 
upon blessing in spiritual matters poured out to each one. And Lord, build this ministry. It's not of us. Lord, it is Your work. And therefore, we come to depend upon the necessary operation of the Holy Spirit to carry us forward, make us a witness. Let our testimony shine very brightly from this congregation going out to Toronto and Ontario and our nation. Have mercy on us, Lord, and bless and revive us. Father, hear our prayer for our land. We stand in great need. For there is much evil, and there are many who intend evil, Lord, to take away freedom, to promote that which is wicked in the eyes of our holy God. Father, help us to bear the standard, to stand up in our day and time for that which is right. Lord, keep us from temptation and sin. Don't let us mar our testimony or bring dishonor to the person of Christ and to Your holy name in any way. Lord, make us true followers of Jesus and help us to be pure and shining lights in our day. For the day is dark, and it seems, Lord, that the hour is late It appears we are living in the last of the last days, and it seems all that's going on around us and the increase of evil in our day. Lord, let us be Your bright reflectors in this evil time. Father, save, we pray, those whom we testify to in the family, those near to us in our neighbors, friends, Remember tonight, Lord, those who are sick in our congregation. Thankful our sister Serene is here with us tonight, and also our brother Ron. Pour out your Spirit on them and bless them and help them. Remember our brother Steve Kelly this evening. Encourage him in his own heart and touch his body physically. Thankful our sister Grace Puccini was in the service this morning, and we pray your hand to incur it be upon her for good. So remember us all, old and young. Encourage from the very youngest member and attender of our church, and Lord, bless them abundantly. We think of our Sunday school coming to the last meeting next Lord's Day, the closing off of this part of our season before summer. And Father, bless the word that has gone out to the little ones And may they be encouraged as they've been memorizing the Word of God, hearing the Bible stories. Bless our youth, our young adult class, the adult class as well, and every ministry that goes out from this house. Use it for your honor and for your glory. Bless us now tonight, we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. We will sing again to the Lord's praise now, number 609, and please stand again while we sing.
from friends apart. God will take care of you. He will give peace to your aching heart. God will take care of you. No matter what may be the test, lean, weary one, upon His breast. For God has made this promise that He will take care of us tonight. Friend, maybe no one else in the congregation knows what is your personal and pressing issue. Family members maybe, but sometimes you know, even them cannot fully understand, maybe not be able to enter in. You're watching online tonight. I don't know what is going on in your life. Maybe you've tuned in here this evening uh, completely by chance as you would think it. Well, continue to stay tuned in because the Lord has a word for you tonight. And there is a word to encourage, to challenge, to build up. And the promise that the Lord has given us now, He will never leave us. He will always take care. Let's sing this final verse. We're going to read tonight congregational reading in Psalm 75. In Psalm 75. Unto thee, O God, do we give thanks. Unto thee do we give thanks. For that thy name is near, thy wondrous works declare. When I shall receive the congregation, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all the inhabitants thereof are dissolved. I bear up the pillars of it, Selah. I said unto the fools, Deal not foolishly, and to the wicked, Lift not up the horn. Lift not up your horn on high. Speak not with a stiff neck. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one, setteth up another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red, it is full of mixture, and he poureth out of the same, but the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth, shall wring them out and drink them. But I will declare forever, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked also will I cut off, but the horns of the righteous 
shall be exalted. May the Lord bless His Word to us tonight as we have read. Good to see you all this evening tonight in the house of the Lord. And if you have come with us for the first time, or maybe you're back again tonight, you're very, very welcome in the name of our Lord Jesus. And we pray that He would encourage your heart and He would challenge us all. I don't leave myself out in that way in any means. Challenge us all by the Word and help us to go on from strength to strength and by His grace. I want to say a special word of welcome tonight to our brother Sam McAnally. I think, Sam, you might be in the sound room back there, but it's Sam's 18th birthday today, and we want to give him a special recognition. And he's doubly happy because he has finished his grade 12 and all the exams are done, as well as all our collegiate folks have finished their exams as of last Friday. And uh, we wish them all the very, very best in their summertime work and in the future that's in front of them, certainly our grade 12s. We are going to be having this week in our church the graduation for grade 12s on Thursday and grade 8s on Friday. And so please remember all of our students at this time. Yesterday, the Highland Creek Festival outreach was conducted, and our brother Kingsley Jew headed that up. We appreciate everyone who participated in that and all the gospel tracts that were given out and the children's booklets. And we pray now that God would water the seed by His Word and it would bring in a great harvest to bless the people that were receiving of them. I want to appreciate and thank again the folks who have been involved in the redoing of the church on the inside. And we had our new flooring installed just on Friday past. And there are still yet a little bit of work that has to be done, putting things back in their place. But we appreciate the help of each one who's been a part of that. Remember, please, our services this Wednesday evening at 7.30, our prayer meeting and Bible study. Lord willing, we'll be continuing in our study in Psalm 63. And then uh, we have the services on the Lord's Day and uh, regular meeting in the morning for our Bible classes at 9.55. And that will be an open session. So everybody, please meet downstairs. And we will be having some presentations for our children who have memorized the Scripture uh, throughout this year. And then our evening morning service at 11, the afternoon prayer time with our session and board at 4.50. That's our monthly prayer time. And then the regular congregational time will be at 5.50 and our evening service at 6.30. Next Lord's Day, we hope to have a fellowship time after the evening service. And then please don't forget, reminding you regularly about the uh, church family barbecue on July the 1st. It'll start at 5 p.m. Mark your name on the sheet and how many people will be coming so we can make all the necessary food preparations. You don't have to bring anything except a chair if you want to sit on, and just uh, looking forward to some good time of fellowship at that time period. Those are all the announcements we have at this time. We're going to sing again to the Lord's praise, number 616, and remain seated, please, while we sing.
we're going to stand and sing the first verse of this one again. Lovely words, and a very lovely tune made by our sister Joan Pinkston from our Greenville Church in South Carolina. Let's sing this first verse again. Turning, please, now with me to the book of Daniel, chapter 3. The book of Daniel, chapter 3, while you're just getting that place open... If you did not receive a little bookmark and a pen this morning uh, for the Father's Day, you are able to pick one of those up when you leave the service uh, tonight. So we're reading from verse 13 uh, down to verse 30 of Daniel chapter 3. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up. Last Lord's Day evening, we read this portion. We have done it a couple of times now. And in the context of what's before us, we have a second chance given by Nebuchadnezzar to these three Jewish slaves, and yet they had been already exalted in the kingdom gave them an opportunity if there was some misunderstanding as to why they had not bowed down at the sound of the music to worship the golden image which Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they made it very clear to the king there was no misunderstanding. That we will not bow down before the image that you have made. God is able to deliver us. They believed in that. And they knew He would deliver them. But it may not have been by such a miracle. And they said these most staggering words in verse 18, But if not, be it known unto thee, O King, we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And so then, in a rage, in a fury, 
Nebuchadnezzar had the superheated furnace prepared, they were bound and thrown in. The mighty soldiers that were of the army of Babylon were killed because of the heat that burst forth from that furnace. But the king saw something that surprised him. And that surprise was a fourth person in that fire. Look at verse 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and rose up in haste, and spake, and said unto his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men, loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither, come out. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth out of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains of the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men, upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own God. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Then, the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. We will pray and ask for the Lord's help now in His Word. Lord, we come to again this famous portion of the Word so full. I pray that we will have understanding tonight. Give me the power, Lord, of Thy Spirit to speak faithfully the Word. Let no one misunderstand, but every heart be open 
and all ears and minds be opened to the ministry of the Spirit of God. Bless, I pray tonight, Father, from the very youngest boy or girl in the church, that as this account and this story, which perhaps they have heard in the Sunday school class, that there would be some help, that they would come to lean upon the Lord and to trust in the living God as their Savior, their Lord, and their guide. Bless us now, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a title for our thoughts tonight would be simply this, From Persecution to Promotion. Our thoughts are going to be centered around the final verse of chapter 3, verse 30, and these words, Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Well, the refusal of these three men to bow down to the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up, it was really a crime of treason against the nation because they had disobeyed the government. And, of course, the king, he was the government. So when anyone disobeyed the rule that he had made, it meant that they must be punished. But it was more than that in, from this aspect. It was also an offense against the religion of Babylon for their insistence that the God that they worshipped, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, He was the only God to be worshipped. And when they made that stand, they were devaluing the currency of the gods of Babylon. They were saying, there are no other gods that are worthy of being worshipped. There is only one. And whenever people isolate and say that there is only one God, there is only one Christ, there is only one way in which a man can get to heaven, which a boy or girl can come to know that their sins are forgiven, whenever that statement is being made, we are saying that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, the only life. And for that, we will be charged with bigotry. For that, we will be charged with being exclusionists. And that is a sin against the multiplied religions of our land and of this world. These men took a stand for God by faith. That is certain. But the outcome was uncertain to them at that time. They had given themselves into the hand of God, and they worshipped and they knew that He was more than able to deliver them. 
but their calm resolution and their trust in Him was this. No matter whether He delivers us immediately, whether He delivers us miraculously, or whether He allows us to go through the fire to our death, we will still trust Him. Were they not saying, as Job did, though He slay me, yet will I trust Him? Yes, that was the very heart of their faith. That was what they believed in. That no matter what was going to be the outcome, these believers in God were saying, we trust in Him. We have given ourselves into His hands. We will trust Him no matter what the outcome is. But God did save them with a remarkable miracle, a rare thing, and He used Nebuchadnezzar, who saw a fourth person in the fire, evidently some divine appearance, as Nebuchadnezzar saw. And then this king, the mightiest king of all the world at that time, he requested for the servants of the Most High God that they should come out of the fire. Here is, I suggest to you, the Lord's smile on this circumstance. The king had commanded them to be thrown into the fire, and now he will ask them to come out. What an encouragement it is to know that the Savior who was with them by allowing them to be taken slaves. Now, don't forget this and don't miss this. When they were in Israel, it was the God of providence that allowed them to be taken captive, certainly not their desire, but they submitted themselves to the will of God at that time in their lives, and they were taken into a foreign land, not having a clue what would the future hold for them. Were they going to have their eyes put out? Were they going to be rallied in some sort of servitude in the mill? They had no idea what would become of them. And then, of course, we think of how the Savior was with them when they refused to eat the food of the king. And in their refusal not to eat that food, they did not want to defile themselves with the king's food because quite likely it had been offered to the gods of Babylon. The Lord was with them then and delivered them and promoted them. And the Savior is the same one who was with them before they got near the heat of that furnace. And what do we find in this account? That the Lord is the one that was with them in the furnace, and so much was His presence revealed and His power before them that the heat of this fire had no authority on them at all. It had no power to singe one hair of their head. It had no power to cause any smoke to attach to their clothing. 
they were given the most amazing deliverance by God. Our Lord is overseeing, my dear friends, tonight the fine details of our lives. There is nothing by chance. Can we trust the Lord in that tonight? Can we come to believe that by faith as we are walking before a sovereign God of eternity? Oh, we don't see it in the day-to-day events of our lives, do we? Because we are people and creatures given responsibility. But our God is overseeing our lives in those minute details. He is walking with us. He is with us in every time, in the intensity, in the heat of the trial and the battle. And He has promised that He will not ever leave us. He will not ever forsake His people. Our God will never harm us. But all that He allows to happen in our lives is always and only for our good and for His glory. And our lives are not given over to chance. Yes, these three had won the victory through God and by His grace and power that day. And as far as we know, they were not commanded to bow down before that image ever again. In fact, what we are told about the king's word of the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how that the outcome of anyone who said a word against that God anymore, they would be cut in pieces, their houses be made a dunghill. Friends, tonight as we think about this, these ones went from persecution, from the heat of the fire, to a great promotion. And this was part of God's plan for their lives. And I pray as we think about this that we will be encouraged and challenged tonight to stand in our faith and to stand for our Savior today in our time because the hour is late and the time and the years are passing us and we do not know what God will yet do in the days He gives us in our lives. We do not know what fires we will have to pass through. But we know this, that our God is the one who brings His people through times of persecution and He is the one who will promote. I want you to think with me first of all tonight about the follower of Christ And for the one who claims to be a Christian, promotion ultimately comes from the Lord. For the Christian, for the follower of Christ, promotion ultimately comes from the Lord. Now our text says, then the king, that would be Nebuchadnezzar, promoted Shadrach, 
Meshach, and Abednego. These three men who had devoted themselves unto God, they were serious about God's important things. My dear friends, let's be very sure tonight that we do not take the things of God lightly, that we do not take the Word of God lightly, that we do not impose our own thinking on God's Word, but we allow our thinking to be molded and directed by the Holy Spirit through the Scriptures. These three men who took their stand in that day, they counted that God's Word was holy and that God's commands were true and pure and that they had these over them to be their guide and their directors. And they were following the God that they believed in. These men were helpless to bring about any kind of personal advancement themselves. In fact, their stand for Christ did everything to stop any promotion. Think about what happened to them. This was not something whereby they were putting out their resume and itemizing all the great things about themselves. Isn't that what people are supposed to do in resumes? Talk about all your accomplishments. Talk about all your studies. Talk about what you've done. Talk about how great you're going to be to fill that job position, and so on and so forth. That's what a resume is supposed to be, I guess. But these folks didn't have such a resume. What they had is that we will not, for the honor of God, do what you will with us. We are not bowing down. And God, because they were helpless to bring any personal advancement. And by their actions, they were doing everything that would mitigate their advancement. And then again, when we think about a walk of faith, it's not about promoting ourselves, is it? When we say we're believers in Jesus, it's not about us. It's, it's about our Savior. It's about the glory of God. It's about what we can do in our life of serving Him. They were doomed to death. They were devoted to the fire. But God overruled for a purpose to which Nebuchadnezzar was a cog in the wheel, and a very small one. Huh. Nebuchadnezzar thought of himself as being the great man, a great king and emperor. But know this in God's purpose. Nebuchadnezzar was put in place to serve Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he served them well. Ah, oh, friends, let us see that our lives held in the hand of our God. He is working and forming and overruling all of this country and all of this world for the purpose of His church. Never forget that. 
We are the elect of God. We are the called and the chosen. And I pray we'll be faithful. But what God is doing, all this world, all the empires, all the governments, all the military might, it's all part of the machinery that God has in place to bring every last Christian safely home to glory. That is God's purpose. And when we see that and understand it, and I grant you, it's not easy at times. In fact, it's very hard at times to see how the Lord's making this come together. But the promotion that God gave was not by their own power. They were helpless. And God does this, my friends, in our lives. This presents a very remarkable illustration for all believers what happened to these three. We are not the ones in control of our lives. We are bought with a price, the price of the atonement of our blessed Lord Jesus when He suffered on Calvary's cross and He took the weight. He took the punishment of my sin upon Him. And that being part of the great purpose of our redemption, we have been bought with the precious blood of Jesus And this account here tells us that all of this and all of our lives, we are under a great sovereign plan. Because we are under new ownership, the Lord is the one who owns us, and the Spirit of God is the one who is directing our lives And so we can say, as the hymn writer did, now I belong to Jesus. And Jesus belongs to me, not for the years of time alone, but for eternity. And God is at work through our lives, and it means for us, believer, tonight, that our sovereign Lord is purposing whatsoever comes to pass. In Romans chapter 8, where we are told that all things are working together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose, if that is so, then what do we understand and see from that? That God is directing. That God is purposing in our steps. He is opening doors. He is closing doors. He is promoting. He is halting our advancement. And it's all for His own glory. How all this works out in human responsibility, it's often unknown to us at the moment. But as the years pass by, and as we review our steps forward and backward, And as we look back and see all the events that occurred in our lives to where we are currently standing, 
you will come to see, my dear friends, that God has been the one that has changed your direction. He has overruled your purposes. He has changed and closed a door that as you look back now, if I had ever gone through that door, it would have been destruction for my life. And God didn't allow us to do it. Yes, friends, as we look back and we can see that God is the one in control, we will understand it by and by. We are to take seriously the commands and the admonitions of Scripture. We are called to obey. Yes, we are to obey even when it appears to be detrimental to our purpose. But let us leave all these things in the hands of our loving and sovereign God, the one who knows the end from the beginning. When I think about promotion and reversal, I think about Mordecai and Haman. Mordecai the Jew, who refused to bow down before Haman, it so annoyed him that Haman determined he would see all the Jews in the kingdom destroyed. And he went about to do that. And he was having good success. He had already gone into Ahasuerus the king. He had already made his appeal to him. And he already had the king's ring and the stamp. And the letters had been sent out throughout the empire. The day had already been determined. Haman was riding high. And then what did God do? By His great providential superintendence, He caused King Ahasuerus to have a sleepless night. Maybe he drank too much coffee for dinner. Whatever it was, God caused Ahasuerus not to be able to sleep. He was bug-eyed lying in bed, and he had to get up. And he called for the scribes to come in, read the chronicles of the kingdom. That'll surely put me to sleep. Well, his attention was piqued when he heard about a man named Mordecai who had foiled an attempt to assassinate the king. And for some reason, it seemed to have slipped his notice at the time, but he wondered, there's no record of whatever happened to this man Mordecai. And I don't know if you would think from Mordecai's perspective, if he wondered how ungrateful Ahasuerus was that he never got even a, a little reward for foiling this attempt to assassinate the king. But God was working to a plan that Mordecai didn't know anything about, that Ahasuerus knew nothing about, and you can be sure that Haman knew nothing about. And as that began to unfold that sleepless night, so Ahasuerus was determined we will honor this man. And the next morning, or it seems almost that night, the context of the book of Esther where Haman was so distressed about Mordecai that almost it seems in the middle of the night or early in the morning, he comes to knock on the king's door and he comes in and Ahasuerus says, 
Haman, what shall happen to the man whom the king delights to honor? And this was Haman's opportunity. This was this man's choice now, chance of becoming the second in the empire, and all power and authority could be given to him. And so he went on to explain what should happen to the man whom the king delights to honor, given the king's horse, the king's ring, given the authority of the kingdom, to be led about by the chief man of the empire. And of course, you know the account of what happened. Then Ahasuerus said those striking words to Haman that were ringing in his ear, let it be done to Mordecai the Jew. And he was the very one that had to lead Mordecai around. Mordecai was a nothing man up to that point, really. But all of a sudden, he is taken and promoted in his life for a greater purpose of what God was going to do in the deliverance of his church, his people. You see, friend, kingdoms, empires, those who hate God, those who hate his people, they are pawns to be used by God in the right time and the right place. And therefore, let us not be despairing in any way, but to trust that God is working in these fine details in our life. We need not be filled with worry or fear. We are called to trust and to walk by faith and to leave the outcome with our God. But friend, that's only in lifetime. What about when it comes to eternity? We were brought up in the Salvation Army, and my grandfather was very much involved in there, as my dad was too, before he had to leave because of the compromise. But when my grandfather passed away and the funeral program was prepared, it was quite a common thing actually in the Salvation Army because it's all based upon the structure of, of promotion and of different levels within the organization, the structure. And so on the front of the funeral program, it says, promoted to glory. And that's how they looked upon those who were the soldiers serving as believers in that institution. Promoted to glory. And of course, that is the very thing that could be written on every single one of our funeral programs when it comes to that day. Because not only is God's sovereign purpose working in us in life, He is working to that plan for eternal purpose. And we are already glorified in the eyes of our God. We're already seated in heaven in Christ Jesus. Because salvation, my dear friends, is all of grace, and it's not of ourselves. If it was left up to ourselves, we would never be in heaven. Because when we get there, there will not be any boasting. There will not be anyone who says, I'm here because I responded to the gospel, because I was brought up in a Christian home, or because I was smarter than the guy who lives next to me. There will be no boasting in heaven. 
because it's all of God's grace. We are sinners who have been saved in spite of ourselves. All of life's journey is for the sole purpose of bringing us home to our eternal home. Is there a word of caution for us in this life? I think there is. The word of caution is to beware that we are not distracted. We're not distracted getting our roots too far down in the soil of this world, but to realize the brevity of life, the shortness of our life as a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. We are working and serving on the road to glory. We are visitors here. We're just passing through this world. Snap your fingers a few times and your years of life will be over. And it's only, my friends, what is done for Christ that will last. The hymn writer wrote, Life at best is very brief, like the falling of a leaf. Be in time, What about your soul tonight? Maybe you're here without Christ. I don't know everyone's heart by any chance. Or you're listening online and you don't know the Lord. And God gives you another opportunity now to repent, to call on Jesus, and to come in salvation to Him. But I want you to notice, please, in the second place tonight, that God uses means to promote His people. God uses means to promote His people. We know that miracles and supernatural events are very rare in human history. They're also very rare in church history because God generally uses ordinary things in our lives to accomplish His will. And in this using of means to promote His people, He did it in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's life by their taking a stand for truth. The whole issue of the golden image was nothing of their doing. They were just minding their own business in Babylon as best they could. They were doing what they could at that day and that time. But then there came this obligation upon them by the order of the government and by the society of that day, and they would not conform to that. And so they were brought to the very forefront of standing for truth in their day. And God used that occasion for them to be promoted in His kingdom. There is no indication that they were daring to make a stand. There is no indication that they were parading their defiance. They simply took their stand in not bowing to the image. Now, many would have said, I would imagine... Look, just, just bow down this once. Just give yourself a little nod of the head. Bow down quickly. Get up again. 
and I'm sure that'll be enough for the king, and the heat of this moment will pass by, and everything will be okay. Maybe others would have said to them, look, you guys, who do you think you are anyways? Are you some super spiritual characters? You're going to take your stand, and you're going to make an issue out of this, a spectacle of yourselves, perhaps? Were they mocked in this? You know, the context would indicate that there was some of this going on because when the tattletales came to Nebuchadnezzar and said, there are these guys that don't bow down, you know, they've been promoted already in, the, in, in Babylon. So there was something going on, some jealousies. But when we think about it, all of those side issues were irrelevant to their stand because their stand was based upon the conviction they had in their heart. And the conviction was they were going to honor their God. They were going to stand for the truth of the Lord. And in taking their stand for the Lord, it cost them. Friend, when you take your stand for God, when I take my stand, it will cost us something. Be prepared for that. It's not always easy to stand up for the Lord. And there may be many reasons that the devil would bring to us to convince us to avoid the trouble, avoid the hassle. Don't be a do-gooder. Don't be hyper-religious. Just get along with people. Don't cause trouble. Standing for truth, you know, is going to be awkward. And yes, friends, it will be awkward because bearing reproach for Christ is unpleasant to the world. In chapter 11 of Hebrews, we are told of Moses. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He would not enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, why? Because he esteemed the reproach of Christ. Get this, greater riches than all the wealth of Egypt. He was bearing the reproach of Jesus Christ. He was taking his stand for the Lord. And God was promoting him. When David, sent by his father to the battle of the Israel against the Philistines. And when David arrived there, Goliath had come out and he was belching out all of his blasphemies against God. And when David saw this, he went forward and he began to shout for the battle and said, who is this Philistine that's coming out to defy the armies of the living God? And instead of being encouraged, his brothers rebuked him. And they said, what are you doing here anyways? Go on back to the few sheep you have in the wilderness. And David's response to them is notable. He said to them, is there not a cause? Look what is happening. Goliath, the representative of all the armies of the Philistines, is defying our God. There's a cause to stand for truth in our day. There was a cause for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There is a cause for us today, friends. Let's not miss that. 
if we are going to be faithful to our God, I pray the Lord will enable us and strengthen us because it's not of ourselves and it's not by our own power, but as believers in every generation will stand for God, the Lord's fulfilling this word that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, they were going to be promoted by the use of means. And the first mean was that they were going to stand for truth. But they were also going to be put to the trial of fire. You know, there are thousands, literally, of secondary causes that come into focus when God is working out His plan in our lives. Now, who would have asked, yeah, throw me in the fire. I'll go in for that trial. No. No one would have done that. And they didn't know that there was going to be any miraculous deliverance. But this was part of God's plan to see these men promoted for His glory. To see them prosper in a way that would be a great testimony for His name. Friends, what fiery trials are going on in your mind and heart now? might not be open to other people, but it's something that you are battling. Maybe it's a battle of some temptation, some sin, something where the devil knows just exactly where to get at you, and that fire is super hot, and you're afraid you'll be consumed by it. Bring that matter to the Lord, because He will work His grace in the advancement and promotion and prosperity in your own life as you come back to the foundation of Holy Scripture and you rest your soul upon His truth and pray that it will be brought into your mind and heart and your thinking will be altered by that. James the Apostle reminds us that the trial of our faith being much more precious than gold, it works for our patience. And here we need to wait upon God, don't we? And trust in Him. Because He will come to our aid at the right time and the right place. Sometimes the Lord will use secular power to bring our promotion to the forefront. Against the flow of society, well, the early disciples in Jerusalem knew what this was about because they came under intense persecution. And as a result of that, the fire that came on them at the time had a dual purpose. First of all, it was going to be for the purification of the church. Those who were not true followers of Christ would be separated. But then it would also have the purpose of seeing the gospel go out to all the empire, the Roman Empire that day, because of that persecution that came. So God had a way of accomplishing His end and seeing His church go forward. And the Lord is the one who causes the wrath of man to praise Him. 
and he caused the wrath of Nebuchadnezzar to praise him. And he will cause the wrath of all the empires of this world to praise him. Can we trust the Lord in that point? Can we rest in him and see the fulfillment of these words? Then the king promoted, then he prospered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yes, that word promote, it means to prosper. Were they exalted to the same position they had before? Well, I suggest to you it was a higher place than before because the very nature of the word prosper and promoted in all that happened, they were even put to a higher place than they were before their enemies tried to demote them. God's promotion, you know, will not always look the same for every Christian. And it will not be the same for every generation. But that doesn't matter so long as we are walking in His will. And I close with this tonight, that God's promotion is often in spite of our weakness. That's how He works. Not many mighty are called. Not many great men are called to serve God. But He chooses the weak things, the base things, the things that are nothing, the things that are despised in this world. We are the ones whom God has chosen to fulfill His purposes. So, there they stood. Three slaves, three servants. But I say to you, three saints and three heroes of the faith. Nobody's in the eyes of the world, but very, very special in the eyes of their God. Yes, perhaps now feared by those who looked on them because of something that could not be explained by any reasonable explanation how they were delivered from the fire, but they were set apart. They were promoted by the king to a higher place of service than when they had started because God was the one who promoted them in His kingdom for His glory. And we ourselves, friends, walking very humbly, very simply in this world, yet God is at work in your life tonight. He is at work in my life. Can we trust Him? Can we rest in Him? Can we say, Lord, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee? We'll bow, please, in prayer. Dear Father, we are so humbled, Lord, by the account given us here in the Scripture. It is so full of instruction, so full of help, so full of challenge, encouragement. And I pray we will take these things to our hearts. They will be written on our minds.
indelibly by the Spirit of God. And we will be changed, Lord, more conformed to the image of our Lord Jesus. Father, hear our prayers now tonight. Separate us in your fear and with your love. Go in front of us in every detail of this week. Open up the doors of witnessing and testifying. Lord, give us the joy of leading sinners to Christ. We ask these things now in Jesus' holy name. Amen.